Welcome, everyone, to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our very dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. We're a few mouse over the link at top for online edition. You'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. There you'll also see an option to subscribe for a most excellent daily email with both our text reading and the lesson for the day from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lee Flynn. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Today we conclude Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with the very brief final Section 11, the passing of the dream. We're also mindful of today's Lesson 210 and its review of Lesson 190, I Choose the Joy of God Instead of Pain. That review, Lesson 210, wrapped in that central thought, I'm not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Lori, what have you selected as an opening this morning? Well, it's a real privilege this morning to have a little bit of... Oh, your bar may be up, dear. You're a little faint. Can you hear, can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It's a privilege to have a little bit of extra time to read this little bit longer poem uh, because it speaks to me. It's a poem from Hafiz called, I Know the Way You Can Get. I know the way you can get when you have not had a drink of love. Your face hardens. Your sweet muscles cramp. Children become concerned about a strange look that appears in your eyes, which even begins to worry your own mirror and nose. Squirrels and birds sense your sadness and call an important conference in a tall tree. They decide which secret code to chant to help your mind and soul. Even angels fear that brand of madness that arrays itself against the world and throws sharp stones and spears into the innocent and into oneself. Oh, I know the way you can get if you have not been out drinking love. You might rip apart every sentence your friends and teachers say looking for hidden clauses. You might weigh every word on a scale like a dead fish. You might pull out a ruler to measure from every angle in your darkness the beautiful dimensions of a heart you once trusted. I know the way you can get if you have not had a drink from love's hands. That is why all the great ones speak of the vital need to keep remembering God so you will come to know and see him as being so playful and wanting just to help. That is why Hafiz says, bring your cup near me, for I am a sweet old vagabond with an infinite leaking barrel of light and laughter and truth that the beloved has tied to my back. Dear one, indeed, please bring your heart near me, for all I care about is quenching your thirst for freedom. All a sane man can ever care about 
is giving love. I choose the joy of God instead of pain. Amen. Boy, what an exceptional choice this morning. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. So great, Lori. Thank you, Thanks, Lori. Oh, I'm so glad you like that one. It moved me deeply today. Thank you, that may Lori. be my new favorite Hafiz poem. <laughs> that was terrific. Okay, with us and reading this morning, we have Lemoyne, Fran, Lori, Jessica, Patricia, and Karen. With us in listening, we have Harrison, Ida, Bryce, and Yvonne. Who else has joined us that would like to say good morning or join that reading list? Morning. Oh, good morning. Hi, Sandra. And good morning, it's Lana. Um, if you need me, I can read. Okay. And Sandra? One. Yeah, read. How did you say read? Yes. Okay. Um, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I, I, I'm hanging. I, next week I'm going to work, I hope. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you feel well. I'm glad you feel better. That's great. Would you like to read this morning, Robin Marie? Um, sure. Okay. We'll see about it. Yeah, otherwise, I'll listen. Thanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got it. Is that everyone? All right. So we conclude Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, fittingly enough, with Section 11, The Passing of the Dream. Paragraph 95. This course will lead to knowledge, but knowledge itself is still beyond the scope of our curriculum. Nor is there any need for us to try to speak of what must forever lie beyond words. We need remember only that whoever attains the real world, beyond which learning cannot go, will go beyond it but in a different way. Where learning ends, there God begins. For learning ends before him who is complete where he begins and where there is no end. It is not for us to dwell on what cannot be attained. There is too much to learn. The readiness for knowledge still must be attained. Lemoyne. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 11, The Passing of the Dream. This course will lead to knowledge, but knowledge itself is still beyond the scope of our curriculum nor is there any need for us to try to speak of what must forever lie beyond words. 
We need to remember only that whoever attains the real world beyond which learning cannot go will go beyond it but in a different way. Where learning ends, there God begins. For learning ends before him who is complete where he begins and where there is no end. It is not for us to dwell on what cannot be attained. There is too much to learn. The readiness for knowledge still must be attained. Love is not learned. Its meaning lies in itself. And learning ends when you have recognized all it is not. That is the interference. That is what needs to be undone. Love is not learned because there never was a time in which you knew it not. Learning is useless in the presence of your Creator, whose acknowledgement of you and yours of Him so far transcend all learning that everything you learn is meaningless, replaced forever by the knowledge of love, By the knowledge of love and its one meaning. Thank you. Fran? 96. Love is not learned. Its meaning lies in itself. And learning ends when you have recognized all it is not. That is the interference. That is what needs to be undone. Love is not learned because there never was a time in which you knew it not. Learning is useless in the presence of your Creator, whose acknowledgement of you and yours of Him so far transcend all learning that everything you learned is meaningless, replaced forever by the knowledge of love and its one meaning. 97. Your relationship has been uprooted from the world of shadows and its unholy purpose has been safely brought through the barriers of guilt, washed with forgiveness, and such shining and firmly rooted in the world of light. From there, it calls to you to follow the course it took, lift it high above the darkness, and gently place before the gates of heaven. The holy instant in which you were united is but the messenger of love, sent from beyond forgiveness to remind you of all that lies beyond it. Yet it is through forgiveness that it will be remembered. Thank you, Fran. Lori. Ninety-seven. Your relationship has been uprooted from the world of shadows, and its unholy purpose has been safely brought through the barriers of guilt, washed with forgiveness, and set shining and firmly rooted in the world of light. From there, it calls to you to follow the course it took, lifted high above the darkness, and gently placed before the gates of heaven. The holy instant in which you were united is but the messenger of love, sent from beyond forgiveness to remind you of all that lies beyond it. Yet it is through forgiveness that it will be remembered. 98. 
And when the memory of God has come to you in the holy place of forgiveness, you will remember nothing else. And memory will be as useless as learning, for your only purpose will be creating. Yet this you cannot know until every perception has been cleansed and purified and finally removed forever. Forgiveness removes only the untrue, lifting the shadows from the world and carrying it safe and sure within its gentleness to the bright world of new and clean perception. There is your purpose now, and it is there that peace awaits you. Thank you, Laurie. Jessica. 98. And when the memory of God has come to you in the holy place of forgiveness, you will remember nothing else, and memory will be as useless as learning, for your only purpose will be creating. Yet this you cannot know until every perception has been cleansed and purified and finally removed forever. Forgiveness removes only the untrue, lifting the shadows from the world and carrying it safe and sure within its gentleness to the bright world of new and clean perception. There is your purpose now. And it is there that peace awaits you. Amen. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. What I thought we might do now, given the brevity of this section and given its natural connection and extension of the section that came before, is maybe to spend a few minutes reconnecting it with the very exciting conclusion to the prior section, which speaks of this bright world of new and clean perception that the Course refers to as the real world. And, um, and um, revisit in those last three paragraphs of the prior section how much he refers to the experience of the real world and the direct experience of this bright world of new and clean perception, how much he speaks of that as just prior to God taking his step in our journey inward or our journey of healing, where it's at God's behest that I'm delivered past all experience of perception and I'm given a direct cognition or a direct knowledge of what he calls, as this section begins, the meaning of love. Let me see if I've got that. The knowledge of, let's see, uh, the knowledge of love. What God wants to impart to me in what he calls knowledge is the knowledge of love, the memory of God and the memory of my identity. All those three things are wrapped up in what he describes for me across for me across this course as knowledge. 
And with that little preamble, I wonder if we can just revisit the, the reading list and roll back. It would be to roll back to Patricia. If, if do you have access to the prior section? Yes. Okay. I'd like you to read 92, and then I'll ask Karen to read 93, and Sandra, 94. Thank so the three of you can do that without prompting, and, um, and we can read it slowly and really take this in. There's nothing, I'm sorry for the additional little comment, but to my mind, there's nothing more significant than to be told that I and the Holy Spirit participate in a particular part of this process of my healing. And when I have done the work Holy Spirit guides me to do in the correction of my mind and heart, God is able to impart what only um, the experience of a new and clean and bright perception makes possible in the final healing of my heart and mind. Thank you, Patricia. Paragraph 92. Okay. 92. So should it be. So should it be. With the dark clouds of guilt, no more impenetrable and no more substantial. You will not bruise yourself. You will not bruise yourself against them in traveling through. Let your guide teach you. Let your guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them as he leads you past them, for beneath them, beneath them is a world of light, whereon they cast no shadows. Their shadows lie upon the world beyond them, beyond them, still further from the light, yet from them to the light, their shadows cannot fall. This world Thank of you, light. Patricia. Oops. This world of light, this circle of brightness, is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here the world outside is seen anew without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven, for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception where everything is bright and shining with innocence washed in the waters of forgiveness and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here, there is no attack upon the Son of God, 
You are welcome. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. Thank you, Karen. 94. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does not make lovely, but it does not, forgiveness does make lovely. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led that God himself can take the final step unhindered, unhindered for here for here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take transports you something completely different. Here is the source of light. Nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. Thanks so much, Sandra. Thanks, everyone, for letting us roll back. And um, perhaps we can continue and move right through these final four paragraphs of this chapter. Um, Lana and Robin Marie would be the next two readers. And then I'll ask for readers. Well, let me, let me just find out now who that has not read would like to read paragraph, um, what would it be? Looks like 97. Lee, this is Yvonne. I okay. can. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Yvonne. And 98? Harrison, were you available to read 98? Yeah. Wonderful. All right. So, um, Lana, take it away. Take it away. Okay. Uh, Section 11, The Passing of the Dream. 95. This course will lead to knowledge, but knowledge itself is still beyond the scope of our curriculum nor is there any need for us to try to speak of what must forever lie beyond words. We need remember only that whoever attains the real world, beyond which learning cannot go, will, will go beyond it, but in a different way. Where learning ends, there God begins. 
for learning ends before him, who is complete where he begins and where there is no end. It is not for us to dwell on what cannot be attained. There is too much to learn. The readiness for knowledge must still be attained. Still must Thank be you, attained. Mm-hmm. Love is not learned. Its meaning lies in itself. And learning ends when you have recognized all it is not. That is the interference. That is what needs to be undone. Love is not learned because there never was a time in which you knew it not. Learning is useless in the presence of your Creator, whose acknowledgement of you and yours of Him so far transcend all learning that everything you learned is meaningless, replaced forever by the knowledge of love and its one meaning. Okay, 97. Your relationship has been uprooted from the world of shadows and its unholy purpose has been safely brought through the barriers of guilt, washed with forgiveness, and set shining and firmly rooted in the world of light. From there, it calls to you to follow. It calls to you to follow the course it took, lifted high above the darkness, and gently placed before the gates of heaven. The holy instant in which you were united, is but the messenger of love, sent from beyond forgiveness to remind you of all that lies beyond it. Yet, it is through forgiveness that this will be remembered. Thank you. 98. And when the memory of God has come to you in the holy place of forgiveness, You will remember nothing else. And memory will be as useless as learning, for your only purpose will be creating. Yet this you cannot know until every perception has been cleansed and purified and finally removed forever. Forgiveness removes only the untruth. Lifting the shadows from the world and carrying it safe and sure within this gentleness to the bright world of new and clean perception. There is your purpose now, and it is there that peace awaits you. Thanks so much, Harrison. Thanks, everyone. So perfectly lovely, huh? The floor is open.
Is there anyone else that had not read that would enjoy reading 98 again? Okay, floor is open. Um, this is Jessica. I just have a brief comment. <laughs> I kind of wish Beethoven was still alive because he could set this all to music and then we could <laughs> sing it in a beautiful chorus. <laughs> and wow, I mean, that's the only thing that would, I mean, there is nothing that could make this more beautiful, but music certainly could bring a new dimension to it and it sings to me that's what I'm trying to say it really sings to me and you guys who were reading were singing it to me and um, it's it, it deeply deeply touching to experience that incomplete uh, that was so nice thanks Jessica thank you Jessica thank you Jessica Oh, thank you, Jessica. You know, just the other day, I was sitting with, um, you know, Jesus in meditation, and um, he shared with me what he called the music of the light. And this is what it reminds me of, too, Jessica. It's a beautiful song of light. It illuminates. And um, it's wordless. You know, in truth, it's, it's beyond the words because every time... I try to put words to it, it's never complete, you know, it's more, it's more than any words I could, that exists, at least in my vocabulary, (laughs) limited as it is, but um, I just love it, And, and I wanted to just address, let me see if I can find the page, um, I'm sorry, my book fell on the floor, um, Okay, the first paragraph, and, and this is just my, my experience. You know, yours might be different. But when it talks about um, this course will lead to knowledge, but knowledge itself is still beyond the, co- the scope of our curriculum, um, what it's saying to me is, is, what, is what the last sentence saying in that paragraph, the readiness for knowledge still must be attained. My focus, Jesus to me is telling me that my focus should be on the readiness for knowledge because there's there's that space where God takes the final step where perception is exchanged for knowledge. Uh, or tra- is transformed into knowledge, and for me, that it's not telling me that knowledge is unattainable right here, right now. It's it it's just telling me that God does that, and it doesn't mean that I can't experience it. It's it's saying that my focus and attention should just be ready for that experience, and because um, I have experienced certainty in such a way that everything else disappeared there was nothing else there was nothing else there was just that certainty um, and that oneness 
uh, true, it, it doesn't last, but um, I know that knowledge is attainable for for myself and for everyone right here, right now. Um, but I shouldn't focus on that because that's that's God's part of the deal. You know, He He lifts me up to heaven. He gives me that certainty and that clarity of mind, which um, just makes anything else disappear into that oneness of love, um, into that totality of that oneness of love. So, um, anyhow, <laughs> that's, you know, there's so much more to share, but, um, you know, that's that's what I'll, I'll stop at, at now. Um, thank you for listening. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Wonderful, Thank Lana. You. I hope you'll circle yeah, back you. with the rest of what there is to share. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, every one of you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I have, um, you know, this, this, complete forgiveness, idea of completely forgiving the Son of God. And um, this part, few, just so few paragraphs describes that, the experiential insight of what that brings to me in my awareness, in the inheritance of the love of God, that, that infinite love embracing me. And it's it just, I don't know, I feel ridiculous trying to put it into words, but knowing, knowing, I think the most important experience that I've gotten from, what, one of the most important experiential insights that I've gotten from this book is that, that in my heart of hearts, I know I need not protect my heart. My heart does not need defense. And that came from being so openly honest and willing to look at myself and to look at others as myself. And the willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to forgive, honestly forgive, without resisting anything about anybody or myself, any any idea of any concept, any wish or desire I could have about anything or anybody and the way I wanted them to be, giving up complete, complete and other control of what I wished and what I wanted, the past to be, the future to be, the present to be, the unconditional acceptance and giving that open-minded, honest willingness and you know that defense the whole idea of defense you know the ego still pops up and wants you to like me and you know wants to look good and you know that personal self goes on and it continues on it'll never stop you know as long as this Judy is alive that personal sense of self is it keeps my body alive but in my heart of hearts, I know what is the truth. And the truth is that the message, the message, 
messages of love that I express come from one source, and that one source I can know in the immediacy of now. And Lee, you expressed it so beautifully at the end of the call yesterday, that memory, that present memory of knowing who I am in the infinite embrace of divinity. I can't even speak of it. It can't be spoken of. It's, it's something that can be experienced, though. Just truly, it's truly real and it's present all the time and it's here. And my thing today is, 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 is not to take that for granted, not to, to relinquish, relinquish that. I, I know that and I would put anything before that, any silly agenda that I have or anything that I think I could possibly want. So the, um, the importance of knowing we've had these experiences and hanging on and and making them real in every way, every day, every moment. I'm going to be quiet now. I love you guys. Thank you for being here with me. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Beautiful, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. I can perhaps in just a few minutes frame something that um, it's the overarching understanding I have of the, of the point and purpose of this curriculum. Imagine doing that in three minutes for Lee. Um, but I think I can pull it off. The, um, the, the thumbnail sketch I give another when they ask what the course is about, if they're open to hearing, is to say the course says... I was created to know both what I am and what my father is to me. I was created for um, the direct knowledge of what my father is to me and what I am in truth and to what the direct experience of what love is and its nature as the bedrock of everything I'll ever experience here or anywhere. The Course says that's natural to me and it says that in an unnatural fashion, I've lost the knowledge of my identity and my father's relationship to me and of the meaning of love. I've lost those three knowledges by forgetting that in my forgetfulness, everything that could be seen of the light of full awareness has been confounded by clouds of guilt and fear and separation. And everything lost in those clouds can't be seen cleanly. 
but that the healing of my heart comes with the restoration of the memory of what I had forgotten. It's in the remedy that forgiveness offers and memory offers that what I forgot is reinstated to my awareness. The remedy of forgiveness and memory have no purpose once what I forgot is fully reinstated. Forgiveness allows me to remove everything I've introduced into my belief and perception that stands between what God would restore to me of the knowledge of what I am, what he is, and what love is. Forgiveness helps clear away what I've introduced that blocks that memory and blocks that reinstatement in my awareness. So between forgiveness, atonement, salvation, memory, all these remedies and learning, all these remedies meant to get me back to a place where my heart is open enough and unimpeded that God can simply reach to me and say, this, my son, is what I am and what you are to me and what love is and how nothing you'll ever experience was ever other than love, but for some mistaken impression you laid upon it. That, in a nutshell, is what this course is about for me. And, and how spectacular is the end of this chapter 18. Um, the dream and the reality. Everything of knowledge is to restore to me a direct experience of reality. Um, and I'm, I'm complete. Yay, you did, you did it. That Yay, was great. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was great. Thank you. That's, wow. what, that's what I always was, need is, is a timer. It was too short. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Good job, B. Oh, thank you, Brother Harrison. Um, and so we've walked right up to the top of the hour, and Fran is ready to laugh us through... Um, are touching in with the review of today's lesson. So let me turn it over to you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Hi, everybody. We are in review six, last part of uh, first part of the workbook. And um, today we're on lesson 210. I choose the joy of God instead of pain. And I thought I'd go back and read from the original Lesson, Lesson 190. So here goes. Lesson 190. I choose the joy of God instead of pain. Pain is a wrong perspective. When it is experienced in any form, it is a proof of self-deception. It is not a fact at all. There is no form it takes which will not disappear, if seen aright. For pain proclaims God cruel, How could it be real in any form? It witnesses to God the Father's hatred of his Son, the sinfulness he sees in him, and his insane desire for revenge and death. Can such projection be attested to? Can there be anything? Can they be anything but wholly false? 
pain is but witness to the son's mistakes in what he thinks he is. Pain is a sign illusions reign in place of truth. If God is real, there is no pain. If pain is real, there is no God. It is your thoughts alone that cause you pain. Nothing external to your mind can hurt or injure you in any way. There is no cause beyond yourself that can reach down and bring oppression. No one but yourself affects you. There is nothing in the world which has the power to make you ill or sad or weak or frail. But it is you who have the power to dominate all things you see by merely recognizing what you are. My holy brothers, think of this a while. The world you see does nothing. It has no effects at all. It merely represents your thoughts, and it will change entirely as you elect to change your mind and choose the joy of God as what you really want. The world may seem to cause you pain, and yet the world, as causeless, has no power to cause. As an effect, it cannot make effects. As an illusion, it is what you will. Your idle wishes represent its pains. Your strange desires bring it evil dreams. Your thoughts of death envelop it in fear, while in your kind forgiveness does it live. Pain is the thought of evil taking form and working havoc in your holy mind. Lay down your arms and come without distance into the quiet place where heaven's peace holds all things still at last. Lay down all thoughts of danger and of fear. Let no attack enter with you. Here will you understand there is no pain. Here does the joy of God belong to you. This is the day when it is given you to realize the lesson which contains all of salvation's power. It is this. Pain is illusion. Joy, reality. Pain is but sleep. Joy is awakening. Pain is deception. Joy alone is truth. And so again we make the holy choice, the only choice that ever can be made. We choose between illusions and the truth, or pain and joy, or hell and heaven. Let our gratitude unto our teacher fill our hearts as we free as we are free to choose our joy instead of pain, our holiness in place of sin, the peace of God instead of conflict, and the light of heaven for the, for the darkness of the world. So we'll go over to Lesson 210 now. Lesson 210. I am not a body... I am free, for I am still as God created me. I choose the joy of God instead of pain. Pain is my own idea. It is not a thought of God, but one I thought apart from him and from his will. His will is joy and only joy for his beloved son, and that I choose instead of what I made. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. I'm going to take a moment and reflect on this.
Lesson 210. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. I choose the joy of God instead of pain. Pain is my own idea. It is not a thought of God, but one I thought apart from him and from his will. His will is joy and only joy for his beloved son. And that I choose instead of what I made. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Amen. Boy, amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, well you, done. Well done. Well, thank, thank you. Hi, this is Patricia. Is there time here for a share? Oh, of course. Okay. As this reading was happening, my I began reliving a memory that I'm I'm going to be very vulnerable now. I have no idea other than guided to share, reliving a memory of some profound healing that may have purpose to share with you all. I haven't remembered this for so long. It was a time when I was uh, packing up to go to a health center to um, have my um, gallbladder removed. And the health center was going to take care of me where I would live there. And then they would send me to the hospital and then bring me back and help me recover. Well, as I was packing up, I, uh, some, many, some children came to wish me well and say goodbye. And, well, to make my story as short as possible, um, a child threw a ball and slided under my feet and I jumped over to avoid hurting the child and well anyway I broke my neck (laughs) and I didn't know it at first I thought I had broken my nose and I called the health center and said hey I can't come see you because I I've got think I have a broken nose I'm bleeding I fell and they said no no you come here right now well the story unfolded that they uh, brought me into the center and what was going to be a two-month stay with the gallbladder ended up into a six-month journey of not being a body and doing the Course in Miracles, landing in this center in a bed, in a room, with a big fan, a ceiling fan spinning above me, being told that the uh, x-ray of my face and neck showed that um, I had a broken neck and not a broken nose. 
So I had three additional months to lay without moving. And uh, this memory is coming back to me, you guys, because there you are, not a body, but having one. And so I don't know why I share this, because I'm living this in the moment with you all. And the past is always something that's bringing revelation to the present. So this is happening to me in this moment. I'm remembering lying flat in this bed, in this room, and there's a window to the left, and the sun rises from that window, and there's a fan above me. And I know that if I can stay still and be guided by this experience and not defined by it, I'll be able to heal this broken neck and go on to the surgery and then go on to what God is guiding me to do with the body, not defined by it. So right now what's coming to me because of this playful Holy Spirit I have with me, she says, look at the fan. Now, that fan has um, bats at the edges of every paddle. And as it spins, it's going to spin every single negative thought out of this room. Patricia, you don't have to do it. All you have to do, and I had a remote control in my hand. I couldn't move, but I had this remote control where I could stop the fan or I could turn it on low, medium, or high. And sometimes I would have it on high because I could feel the spirit through me, through the body I have, my spirit saying, look up at that fan, girl, and surrender this entire thing. You are not this body nor any memory of it. Let that fan spin any idea of negativity out of this room. And I was doing it up and down and up and down. And I tell you, it just helped me get through an amazing time of my life, being so surrendered to having a body, but so permanently fulfilled by being surprised every second by what you can do with it, knowing that it's not a journey of right or wrong. It's a journey of loving it all. And so you've brought that memory back to me so potently. It was not an easy six months. I had a moment where I may have been sent to the hospital, you know, for the surgeries and the emergencies of a broken neck. When a a chiropractor came in and he held my throat because I was not able to eat or swallow. And he held on to my throat and he said, Patricia, where in time did you lose your voice? Where did you lose the innocent beauty 
speak out. It was a magical, challenging rebirth that spirit has a body but is never, ever defined or limited. Only, only magnificently learning to love more and more and more. Thank you. That was so very lovely. Patricia, thanks so much for that. Wow. Yes. Oh, Patricia, that was such a gift. That was transformative. That was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to do one last thank you to you all because to bring that memory to me right now, it's, it's so beautiful. I want to share this with you. To just hear the echoes of this constant this constant silence in my mind now, it's echoing, oh, Patricia, you just shared the eternal, what is eternal, honey. You just shared what you literally lived. And there's no way you could let these people know how deep and real that was. It's so wonderful to be alive and real and in love with every bit of it. Thank you. <laughs> what a gift, Patricia. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Patricia. Bless you. Yeah. This is Jessica. Um, you know, you really inspired me, Patricia. Uh, you, your share, and also the the lesson, the the I'm not a body, kind of penetrating more deeply, and the readings, and my my coming so so close to the bridge. Um, I have I have a sort of shied away from talking about the things that are going on in this body that I uh, as as uh, Micah calls it, as this skeleton and the communication device. But as I become more, more uh, less misidentified and more identified with who I truly am, it's easier for me to talk about what Lana calls the the body adventures or something like that. Um, uh, I I've been having this these um, symptoms in my body that one of them uh, dates from when I had that horrible RSV infection and was coughing terribly and then got pneumonia. And something happened in my right um, side. And I don't know if it... One doctor thinks it was a muscle sprain, um, but it could have been, uh, it could be a tumor in there because there apparently is something in there uh, of that nature. Um, and so I don't know which it is, but, but one of the, um, what happens is that every time I take a breath, 
I feel it. And over since February, when I had these infections, February and March, um, it has diminished slowly the, the discomfort every time I take a breath. So it, it used to be every time I take a normal breath, then it was every time I take a deep breath, and now it's every time I take a deep breath quickly. <laughs> so the body, which I am disidentified from more and more, which allows me to speak about this because I think I've avoided talking about it because I think I was thinking that I was um, sort of making it real, uh, not the body, but making the illness or the, the, the discomfort or the uh, whatever the con- ca- cause, which we know is not the body, real. And I... I no longer feel quite so much that way because I am less identified with my body and also, well, also because um, I feel like this is such an open place um, to speak about it. Along with this other thing, I have another breathing symptom, which is that there's like around my sinuses, sometimes I have trouble taking a breath. So when I go swimming, I sometimes don't feel as safe as I used to because I can't breathe as deeply. So the combination is like, you know, as you know, we, we, we have to breathe to stay alive and we breathe all day and all night. And so this body condition has been a huge uh, invitation to explore my relationship with the body my disidentification with it and my fears around it and what's going on with it. And um, as, as I have been, you know, I've got a lot uh, of <laughs> things to, to help me with that because a lot of di- different things going on in my body. But um, I just wanted to share that because these lessons and these readings have you know, it's almost like I can chart just the same way as I can, I can recognize in how I think about and speak to the people I, that I live with, my cat and my husband. I can, I can see where I am. Oh, here's where I am because of that kind of tone came out of my mouth. I can tell where I am by how I'm, my relationship with these, with my breath with my quote-unquote symptoms, whether I can breathe or feel that I can breathe freely or whether I feel like there's pain or there's constriction. And uh, I feel like this is, um, you know, there is obviously a direct relationship between what I know about my relationship with God and who I truly am and how I experience my body. Because sometimes it's very clear to me that I'm just floating around in this vehicle that I have temporarily decided to inhabit or semi-inhabit. And other times I think, you know, that (laughs) it's vitally important that this vehicle be okay uh, health-wise. Anyway, I hope that that is uh, somehow uh, helpful to to other people, too, 
And thank you for allowing me to be really open about it. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jessica. That was really clear and really helpful. Thank you, Jessica. I know I've already shared, um, and I'd like to give space to those who haven't shared yet, but um, let me know if there's room for me to share. Thank you. I think you're good, Judy. Thank you. I just want to thank Jessica for what she shared on the 8 o'clock call with Reverend Pam. She said, choose. This is an active process that we can choose. And that really rang a bell with me, Jessica. And um, and it really is pointing out things that are um, just mind-bending Thank you, Fran, for the way you read from Lesson 190. And it's funny because I um, have used this pain in my body and um, this line from the Lesson 190, your self is radiant in holy joy, unchanged, unchanging, and unchangeable forever and forever. Okay, I accept that as the truth of who I am. And would I deny a little corner of my mind its own inheritance and keep it as a hospital for pain? Whenever I get a shooting sensation, and I call it pain, call it an idea of pain, call it a concept of pain, and trying to let go of the, the my, it's my own, I think of that phrase, and I don't know why God's enabling me to remember that idea of holding a part of my mind, a corner of my mind, uh, from its own inheritance as a hospital for pain. And I think that. It's like that idea comes into my mind. This is what you're doing to yourself. So um, the, the, the power of uh, choice that we're free to choose again, choose again, um, and that I wouldn't resist or defend the pain, um, so lay downing all my... Uh, arms as it goes on in that that 190 and it says heaven's peace holds holds all things still so i i i just am still and and that idea of peace is my inheritance it's inherent in the truth of who i am and just being still and saying i choose joy i choose peace and um without um, judging my pain or thinking I have to figure it out. And then it's here you will understand there is no pain. Here does the joy of God belong to me. It's to realize the lesson that contains all salvation's power. It is this. Pain is illusion. Joy is reality. Pain is but sleep. Joy is awakening. Pain is deception. Joy alone is truth. And um, let the joy, let our gratitude unto our teacher fill our hearts. We are free 
to choose our joy instead of pain, our holiness in place of sin, peace instead of conflict, and the light of heaven. And um, and just to wrap it up, the, um, the immediacy of salvation, that salvation is in and of my mind to choose truth instead of illusion. The present memory is always available to me, the holy instant, to let go of everything I think I know about myself and what I believe is true. It's just so wonderful how practical the application is. And it works. It really works. The immediacy of salvation and the present memory of truth. Choose again. Choose joy instead of pain. Oh, ergo, here I'm going to go, kids. Thank you, thank you for being with me. I'll go with you. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Judy. It's Lee. It feels like I should... uh touch in on these four paragraphs that conclude this chapter. Um, First, a note of how this section does connect to the last paragraph of the prior section. Having been told that there is a real world of bright and new and cleansed perception that awaits my discovery as part of the curriculum of this course, having been told that the curriculum of the course brings me to that sufficiently cleansed perception so that I behold the world anew, this that he calls the real world. Then he says all of that process, and this is what he says in the last paragraph of yesterday's section, Section 10. After I'm brought to that experience of a world that reflects this bright and new perception, unfettered by my mistaken beliefs and judgments, my fear and my sense of separation and suffering, he tells me, yet even forgiveness is not the end. He tells me forgiveness is the messenger of love and not its source and that my purpose for having been brought to the real world and that sight of the world free of all that I laid mistakenly upon it. He says God himself can take the final step in my healing unhindered for here does nothing interfere with love Letting love be itself. This is that final paragraph of, the, of yesterday's section. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness. A step still further inward. But the one you cannot take transports you to something completely different. This is something completely different even than my experience of the world free of all my distorted thoughts that I've laid upon it. Here, 
is the source of light. That's capital S, source of light. Nothing perceived or forgiven or transformed, but here, everything merely known. It's that description that he gives me of a potential in my direct experience across this life of an experience that Holy Spirit is not responsible for guiding me to, but God himself is said to present me with as his great wish for me to grant me access to an experience that reflects direct knowledge or cognition of all that the memory of what I am and the memory of what he is and the memory of what everything truly represents is granted me. It's the direct and full healing of my heart and my mind and the direct experience of all that the knowledge of love's meaning and the knowledge of my truth and God's in relation to me and to everything is granted me. Does he say that's an experience that can light the remainder of my life? I, I can't say. Does he inform me that this was Jesus's direct experience? He does very early in this course. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. That affirmation both starts and ends that paragraph um, early in the course about his having remembered his identity as that soul created by um, our father, as that thought in the mind of God whose function is to extend God's being, as he states uh, closer to chapter 8, to extend God's being in a capacity to have all that I am extend beyond the mere body and out into the world in blessing given me by my Father. It's, um, it's an extraordinary um, option I have if I'm willing to be guided by Holy Spirit and presented to a place near enough so that my thoughts, unfettered by my um, judgments and my fear, parallel God's thought enough that God can bridge that little gap between what Holy Spirit has brought my thoughts to and what God is so desirous of sharing with me everything encapsulated in that one word, knowing, that one word, knowledge. So I had said I wanted to touch in with these paragraphs, so maybe I can just go through them very quickly. There's something very important in the first paragraph, and he tells me that in this process of being delivered from an entirely false version of the world to um, some direct experience of what the world is genuinely like, um, the real world, and then beyond that to knowledge that in this process, learning has a role in the first part of that journey. It's learning that, um, that is a remedy for all that I've mistakenly assumed 
be true about myself and the world. And so this curriculum is a whole body of instruction in learning. But he says the reason for the learning is to bring me to where learning ends, and that's exactly where God delivers to me the direct experience of what's beyond learning. The importance here in the first paragraph is that he does speak of the end of learning as a really significant part of the process of my heart's healing. That God can only proceed beyond where learning ends and, uh, and, and proceed with giving me what lies beyond even the remedy of forgiveness or salvation or atonement. It's a direct experience of all God wants me to know and remember. He describes that in 96 as the knowledge of love and its one meaning. Isn't that interesting? We're told as well in 96 why it is this course is not intended to teach the meaning of love. And it's in that sentence that repeats the sentiment we read throughout this course. Love isn't learned because there never was a time in which you knew it not. It isn't as though I'm having to learn what love is. I'm having the knowledge of love's one meaning restored to me through the process of this course and its curriculum. In 97, he returns to the idea of the holy relationship and he tells uh, the reader in relation to any holy relationship that we're experiencing that in having accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose for the relationship, it's been uprooted from the world of shadows and its prior unholy purpose has been safely brought through the barriers of guilt and set shining and firmly rooted in the world of light. That's what a holy relationship with another who holds that same purpose uh, can be said to have uh, attained or achieved. That relationship has been set squarely in the world of light. Um, and so that's the touching in with holy relationship that he continues for the next several chapters, all the way through chapter 22. And he concludes by telling me, it's when the memory of God has come to me that I'll remember nothing else. Why will memory be as useless as learning? Because both memory, learning, atonement, salvation, forgiveness, all of those were remedies whose only purpose was to bring me to a preparation for what is beyond all simple remedy. And that which all remedy is uh, directed toward, that's where he says memory will be useless. If I already am restored to what I have always known, but I had only forgotten, then the value of memory is complete. The memory has been reinstated and the function of memory to overcome what I've forgotten is resolved. So is the purpose of forgiveness. Forgiveness, he tells me at the end of this uh, chapter, 
removes what had been untrue. Forgiveness had lifted from the world the shadows that the ego had superimposed and lifts the world safe and sure within its gentleness to the bright world, he says, of new and clean perception. There, he says, the end of chapter 18 is my purpose now, to allow Holy Spirit deliver me um, in its correction to this bright world of new and clean perception. It's there, he says, that peace awaits me. And, um, and I take a breath and I realize, God, I'm only halfway through this curriculum. Um, and it's pretty wondrous. I'm complete. Thanks, guys. Oh, that was great. Halfway through. Wow. Beautiful, Lee. That was just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was really great, Lee. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, everyone. Who have we not heard from tonight? Today? Well, I'm, you didn't hear from me, but I'm afraid to tell you that because I was asleep for a while. I guess I did. <laughs> I, I, I needed to. I need to do some sleep learning this morning. Thanks. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. Quickly, Ida, this is your sister Patricia over here. I know you so well. Um, so deeply. We know each other this way. It's so great. I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner, and uh, with uh, teaching people in these courses we call awareness through movement, the way the brain works is when they fall asleep during the class, it's the deepest learning ever. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. That's great. <laughs> it's Robin Marie here. I'm just uh, smiling and just uh, thankful for all your shares. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you all. Thank you, Ida, and Pat, and Robin Marie. Thank you. Okay, floor is wide open. Oh, my phone was muted. 
Am I muted now? Where are you? No, you're fine. Keep yeah, you're not. <laughs> having that trouble, too, is. Um, you know, I, I wanted to start with um, Patricia telling you how valuable uh, what you shared was to my own heart. And um, I'll just say this, you know, I, I think, um, well, here's something that's been on my mind lately. <laughs> and I was telling myself, oh, it's because you're getting old. Uh, but that didn't feel right. Um, I've noticed lately in my thoughts, I spend a lot of time, um, or what seems to be time, reinterpreting uh, things in light of what I know now. And it brings me such joy to do that. <clears throat> And, and so I've been telling myself, she was, you know, this this journey to God is a journey forward, not a journey backwards. How is it you're spending so much time uh, reinterpreting? And part of my mind says, because you're you're getting old, and you know, old people spend time like that. <laughs> and the other part of my mind said, no, this is great joy to me. This this is great great joy to me. Uh, reinterpreting. And so when you shared a remote memory and all that it means to you now, you woke mm. something in me that I needed waking. <laughs> waking. Mm. And uh, so I'm very, very grateful for that. And speaking of that uh, joy, it is great joy to me to reinterpret things that seem to be one way in my memory, but really now as I re reconsider in light of truth, um, the way the Holy Spirit has taken all of these disparate elements in memory and woven them together with great meaning so that from this perspective now, I can see the perfection of all of it. And um, that's not a looking backward so much as, um, and here's what I'm going to say to you, Lee. <laughs> you said, even this is not the end. Even this is not the end. In all these beautiful paragraphs, 93, 94, through the end of this work, even this is not the end. And when you said that, I was reminded of um, those last sections, those days, those 40 days. Uh, that he talks about in Course of Love. And I reflect in the same way. Everything I ever learned, since we're talking about learning and passing of the dream, everything I ever learned, I learned from opposites. I learned from, it seems this, but no, it's really this in light of truth. <laughs> it seems this, but it's really this in light of truth. All of that was that journey up the mountain. You know, that journey up the mountain that's taken me from this to this, from this to this, one step after another, this to this. But I'll tell you where the joy is now. Not just in reliving that, reinterpreting that, but using that, using that climb to reinterpret this moment and this moment and this moment 
in the same experiential way that came to my heart, Patricia, when you shared your story. You know, mm. there's, um, there's this beautiful thing that Holy Spirit does with, with joy and it, how it worked for me in these last years from 2005 to 2015. In those years, I spent thinking my joy was somewhere else. And so, Lee, when you said, even this is not the end, I realized this is the nature of the problem of the mind. The nature of the problem of the mind is thinking there's an end. (laughs) When there is no end, when the idea of end is gone, What's left? What's left but everything? And everything and everything. And here's where I want to end today's share. The most beautiful word in this entire work to me. There's one, and it's only used one time. And the most beautiful word in this work is the word consummate. When he says, what am I? He said, ours are the eyes through which Christ's vision sees the world redeemed from every thought of sin. Ours are the ears that hear the voice for God proclaim the world as sinless. Ours the minds which join together as we bless the world. And from the oneness that we have attained, we call to all our brothers, asking them to share, share our peace and consummate our joy. He says in this work, there is no greater joy than to do the will of God. In fact, to do the will of God perfectly is the only peace and joy that can be known. And in all those 10 years that I prayed, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, I did not realize that to do that requires sharing And so, the journey up the mountain is this, to discover what is worthy of sharing, and then to share it, and then to share it, and just to share it, because there is no greater joy. Mm. The nature of joy is the same as the nature of love. It's nothing unless it's shared. It does not exist except as it is shared. It is the sharing that consummates it, that makes it whole. In the same way that God shared himself with us, he asks that we share our hearts with one another. I can only know what's in my heart when I share it. If I don't, I don't know it. It's just that simple. And so for everyone who shares, and for every sharing, I just bless it all. Just bless it, just bless it, just bless it. And that blesses me. And now I think I'm pretty complete. Thank you all. I I wanted to say to myself, Lori, why don't you follow the paragraphs for once? But I think I did. I hope I did. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. Thank you, Lori. Wow, oh, Lori. Great, Lori. Thank you. You were just Thank you, Lori. 
song. Thank you, Lori. Sharing the love of God. What else is there to do? Thank you. And you do it in your way, which is the perfect way from you. And Lori from Patricia, I tell you, so sisters we are, because when you said, am I sharing a paragraph, what kept on it echoing louder and louder in this room was uh, the paragraph and the simple words kept going over. And now your only purpose will be creating, 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 creating. You were just telling the story of the paragraph. Oh, what a finale. I love you so much. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks for highlighting that sentence. Yeah. So important. Thank you. What a gorgeous thing. You know, sharing the love of God is how I come to know the love of God. It's by giving it. We receive it. It's so perfect. Oh, gives me holy goosebumps. Thank you. <laughs> Holy Thanks, I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Lana. Well, you have time for a final share if anyone would like to share concluding thoughts. Kind of a brief share. Anyone? All right. Well, it's been a wonderful call. Thanks, everyone, for reading. Thanks for letting me modify our reading a little to back up. And um, and thanks, everyone, who shared, all who are here um, now and in the future listening to this call for being part of this community. Um, we support each other so beautifully here. Lori, what have you selected as um, as a conclusion to our week uh-huh. and this chapter? Well, what an invitation this is today. You know, <clears throat> we only have four paragraphs today, and so my mind did something that it doesn't usually do. It, I opened it wide open and said, I don't know where to close, and I stood in the flood. I just stood in the flood, and I still was standing in the flood at the beginning of this call. Four little paragraphs. What, how are we going to fill it? And that was the question. How is he going to fill it? And so I have, like, I don't even know how many tabs I have open on my screen of places we could go. But when I was in that foot, I sat down with my little box of cards. You're going to love this, you guys. I sat down with my little box of cards, sayings from A Course in Miracles. Maybe you have them a box like this filled with quotes Holy Spirit, breath of God and joy anyway, I sat down with my little cards and I said a prayer how should we, how should we fill this and uh, I ignored all my tabs and I picked the card 
And I'll tell you what the card is. You're going to love this. It takes me just a minute to get to it. Because uh, it's not among my tabs. <laughs> but it, it's from the very first chapter. Child of God, you were created to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy. Do not lose sight of this. The love of God for a little while must still be expressed through one body to another because the real vision is still so dim. Everyone can use his body best by enlarging man's perception so he can see the real vision. This vision is invisible to the physical eye. The ultimate purpose of the body is to render itself unnecessary. Learning to do this is the only real reason for its creation. Add to that this thought. The first and more, most general lesson in regard to withholding is this. The world does not keep you separate. You keep yourself separate from the world. This is what has made the world the world it is. What you withhold allows illusion to rule and truth to be locked away in a vault so impenetrable and so long secured that you have thought it forgotten. You have not realized the vault is your own heart. And I thought about this and I thought every heart here is filled with this same thing. Or that the truth is what you've chosen to keep secure and set aside there. When you believe that this is so and that you that what you give away you will receive in truth, you will throw open the doors to this safe house and all the joy you have kept from yourself will return. A great exchange will happen as a powerful wind sweeps through your heart and all the love you've denied the world will be released. It will flow in every direction leaving not a corner of the universe untouched. In an instant, the eternal will be upon you. Death will be a dream as the wind of life, reunited with itself, gathers from directions that are beyond direction and breathes life back into what has so long been locked away. After this, a gentle breeze will come, never again to leave you, as life breathes as one. The world does not keep yourself separate. You keep yourself separate from the world. Let's throw open those doors and consummate the joy of God, huh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Create, baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. So the thank recording you. ends and the call oh. continues. Anyone here with us that is not aware, we stay on the call for an after call. And um, and thanks once again, everyone. Those who are leaving, have a great week. And, and we'll see you Monday. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. May your weekend be a strong end. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Ida. <laughs>